Hey, man, I need a fix. I need a fix bad. So you need a fix, huh? Oh, God, man, I need a bad. Hook me up. I got your fix. I got your fix right here. Alright, Jeep Junkies, we know you're jonesing for a midweek fix, so we're going to hook you up with a little midweek XJ Talk Show to tide you over. Hey guys, welcome back. And uh, what our interview tonight is with Richard... <laughs> I messed it up already. Uh, our, well, and you know, you can you can say Richard Goatman Gautier if you'd like. Oh, that I like that. Our interview tonight is with Richard Gautier, uh, also known as Goatman, on uh, all the uh, the forums and uh, specifically naxja.org, but we'll get to that here in a second. Richard, thanks for being with us tonight, and uh, wow, congratulations on uh, coming in second, King of the Hang- uh, King of the Hammers. Well, thank you. Uh, it was a good run, and we had some good fortune, and uh, we had a lot of help from a lot of great people. So before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, how you got into uh, doing this off-road racing thing. Well, I live in Bakersfield, and uh, I currently own uh, G&G Auto Repair, G&G Off-Road, is, which is a combination auto repair shop, and but yet because of our passion for off-road stuff, we, uh, we work on a lot of off-road stuff, a lot of Jeeps, and... Uh, I've been doing that for two and a half years. Previous to that, I worked for nearly 30 years as uh, in management at car dealerships, and uh, um, all here in Bakersfield. And uh, I uh, actually the first car that I ever bought when I was a teenager was a Jeep. It was a '55 Willie station wagon with a small block Chevy, and I was in the Bakersfield Trailblazers as a teenager. So. Um, I took a long hiatus from four-wheeling while my kids were growing up and all that, but uh, got back in it, I don't know, what, 20 years ago, and I've been in it pretty steady ever since. Well, I'd say you're in it pretty hard, hardcore right now. Um, so uh, all those years in uh, uh, management and uh, two years in the auto shop, which one do you love the most? Oh, that's a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought it was uh, going to be easy. I'm myself pretty much now with you know, having my own shop, um, you know, it's given me the freedom to do some things, although I had, a, I had a pretty cushy job with the car lot, so I can't really complain too much. It provided a pretty nice lifestyle and gave me lots of vacation and lots of opportunity to travel all around the West and, and do an awful lot of trips and four-wheeling and make an awful lot of friends. Well, I guess I can see that. I just There's something about having a shop. I guess it's it's like every uh, Jeep guy's dream to have a shop where you can work on your vehicle, or better yet, stand there and point at it and go, no, turn that bolt. No, turn that one. Did you torque that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it actually is harder to work on my stuff with the shop than it is working on it in my garage, um, which I didn't anticipate. But uh, I could come home, chill out for a little bit, visit with my wife. She could watch some TV, and I head out to the garage for a couple hours. But now... Once I leave that place, lock it up, set the alarm, I'm just not going back. So um, it isn't as easy to work on your own stuff as you might think, So, which was a little surprising to me. Well, it's gotta, you got to make a profit. So if uh, your vehicle is being worked on, unless you're, uh, unless you're willing to 
uh, pay in. I guess it's not uh, the shop's not making money. Well, yeah, and of course we're growing. We've only been there a couple of years, but we're growing, and uh, uh, I've got three great guys working there now. And uh, and when we have time, they they wrench on my stuff, so we're getting there. Okay, and my uh, as I was mentioning to you before we uh, started the the interview here, uh, Josh, my co-host, provided me with some uh, some information. Thanks a lot, Josh. And uh, one of the things he uh, he provided me was uh, looks like you joined uh, naxja.org in uh, 1999. Uh, yeah, you know I I, uh, I ended up going to work for the Jeep dealership and. Um, was general sales manager for the Jeep dealership, and I thought, well, I ought to get a Jeep. I ought to get a 4 by 4 so so I did, and then I thought, well, I ought to get into the Jeep club, so I got back into the Bakersfield Trailblazers, and, of course, I got a Cherokee, um, and so then I, you know, got online and, oh, found an email group, a couple email groups, and then out of that grew um, the idea to form the North American XJ Association, and... Uh, and I was right there, you know, the first year getting involved. So, um, and that was back in '99, and I've been pretty pretty heavily involved in Naxja ever since then. Well, uh, the that website was a a very good resource for me whenever I started uh, building up my uh, Cherokee. Uh, I guess that was around. Um, oh my gosh, 2004, 2005, maybe. Uh, yeah. That uh, when I started doing that, saved me a bunch of money uh, trying to diagnose uh, things that needed to be uh, fixed, and, and of course helped me spend money in figuring out uh, what kind of uh, what size lift I wanted, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I was a member uh, there uh, for a couple of years, and it was uh, it was uh, very inexpensive uh, when I considered how much money I'd saved hundreds hundreds of dollars from the. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, advice no, it's, that people um, are giving me. It's a very good resource. Uh, of course, the forums are really popular. Uh, there is lots and lots of participants and traffic on the club forums. Um, of course, we have uh, uh, chapters all around the country, and all of those chapters have regular meet and greets and runs and functions and activities. So, um, one of the nice things about uh, Naxja is that there's um, there's a lot of actual activity that isn't related to the to the website to the forum. So some people experience Naxja pretty much as just a web forum, but there's lots and lots and lots of people all across the United States that it's a real community with uh, full of friends and activities on a regular basis. Yep, exactly. Um, so now there is a there's a relationship not only with you and Naxja, but uh, with the the, the Jeep that you guys drove on and King of the Hammers and Naxja. How did that uh, relationship come about? Well, um, we started racing King of the Hammers when it first, the very first year uh, that they held the race, which is 2008. Uh, they held a preliminary race in 07 that was an unofficial, just a bunch of friends going out there and let's see if this works. But the actual first sanctioned race was in 2008 and a bunch of us Naxja guys thought, you know, we ought to go do this because uh, we kind of did what the format was. We we would haul ass and race to the trails and run trails and then haul ass and race back to camp. And uh, that's what this race was about. So 
uh, group of us said, wait, we ought to do this. So we kind of went around. We're going to use uh, Paul's car. We we're going to use Dave's car and whatever. And then it ended up being that mine was the one that would fit the bill and be the easiest to qualify. So it ended up being mine. So kind of by default, I ended up being the, the driver and the guy that was entering. And um, the club got, because it was all club members that had the idea Guys came up and worked on the weekends and uh, to kind of modify my car to be ready to race and the safety gear and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, then the next year, uh, Dave Taylor entered his car, so we had two of us and we were Team Naxja. And it just kind of kind of was a natural. We just kind of coined the term Team Naxja, and um, um, and that's that's where it came from. Then. Um, um, we got away from it for a year or two. Uh, some of the guys uh, from our gr- original group, our, our crew, worked with uh, Dustin Webster and uh, uh, the Red Bull TJ, and some of us worked with uh, uh, Genride Off-Road the first year that they entered into King of the Hammers. Um, and then the, uh, the stock class, uh, Ultra 4 Racing, decided to form both the modified class and the stock class. And so there was a natural, our same group, we kind of said, hey, we got Cherokees sitting around here, let's do this again. So boom, there we go. We started doing it again. And uh, uh, I don't know, they think that I know how to drive, so I got dubbed the driver. And, um, you know, all of the club members and friends, we all spent a multitude, months and months and months of weekends building the car and uh, boom, there we are again, Team Naxja. Well, you certainly did something right. Now, now the, the XJ that you were driving was in the um, stock class, correct? Well, we originally started in the unlimited class um, in 2008 and 2009. The original Team Naxja was, uh, was the unlimited class. That's all there was then. Okay. Um, and, uh, of course, we all had rock buggies that were built out of our Cherokees. So we had Cherokee-based rock buggies, and, um, and that's what we raised. Uh, but now in uh, the last two years when they started the stock class, well, now we have an actual full-bodied Cherokee on 35-inch tires. So um, as it, it being a, a stock vehicle, it, it doesn't look stock. I know paint can also always make something look a little more uh, snazzy, uh, if you will, than uh, <laughs> than a stock vehicle. But yeah. what kind of modifications can you make to it, or or or, or were you able to make to the the quote unquote stock XJ that you well, were Well, the, the kind of the basics of the stock class rules are you're you're not allowed to change any sheet metal or the frame. You can't cut the frame, remove any frame, or you can't cut or remove any sheet metal. It all has to be there. Uh, you can't bring shocks up through the floor. You can't modify the frame for suspension clearance or steering clearance or, uh, or anything. The full frame has to be there. The full sheet metal has to be there. So that's pretty limiting right there. Um, we're limited to 14-inch travel shocks, which really isn't a limit when you can't go through the floor. So, um, uh, and we're limited to 35-inch tires. And we're limited to the motor that came in the vehicle. 
So like a Grand Cherokee could have a V8 because the Grand Cherokee came with a V8. Uh, a regular Cherokee, an XJ, only came with a six-cylinder, well, a four or four-cylinder, but so we have to run the six-cylinder. Um, so you can modify the engine however you want. Um, you can change the suspension however you want, but you have to stick to the original style of suspension. So Cherokee came with coils and links in the front and leaf springs in the back. So it has to stay that way. Gotcha. Uh, we can't we can't link the rear. We can't put coilovers on the front. The the suspension design that the car came with you have to stay with that design. So that would mean no long arms uh, as well. Yeah. No. As long as it's as long as it's coils and links in the front, it. You can do any any combination of coils and links in the front, okay, but it has good. to be coils and links. I was getting ready to be really impressed if you weren't using long arms. Well, yeah, we're using long arms, but that's you know that's not that big a deal. I'm not a big long arm fan. Probably everybody around Naxon knows that. That's interesting. I was thinking that that would be a, a benefit, especially in the rocks. Uh, well, no, it's all about. It's all about arm angles. Uh, there's plenty of Jeep Speed cars that have won Jeep Speed uh, yearly series championships with running short arms and drop brackets. Uh, and there's lots of us that have very good performing Cherokees that run a, a longer arm, what we call a mid arm, without a long arm. So, Interesting. Um, you know, arms are just arms. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to make them work. Well, that's the great thing. Uh, I've been uh, I've been messing around with this stuff for a few years now, and uh, I'm always learning something. So it's it's great to hear uh, other ways of doing things. It's also neat to hear that uh, I don't have long arms, and now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, no, don't feel bad that you don't have long arms. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of in between. I've I, I did the drop brackets with uh, some. Uh, adjustables so uh i've got uh and, and frankly as far as ride goes i didn't notice any difference so it's uh the arm just uh is a it's just flatter now than what it was less of an angle well that's the important the important thing is the angle of the arm and you can you can flatten the angle of the arm a number of different ways one of the ways is making the arm really long right so, so but we do have we have a, a full traction uh suspension on the front of the Cherokee, uh, which thankfully was provided by full traction. And, uh, uh, and it's a good sturdy system, and, uh, and it's working very well, so we're happy with it. Excellent. So uh, now last year you guys uh, were in this race, and you didn't finish. Uh, and this year you came in second. What, was the, what do you think the biggest difference was? Well, the biggest difference is that the car was finished. Um, we... Uh, you know, we started building this car in September, and the race was in February, and the scope of the build just kept growing and growing and growing, <laughs> and uh, our co-driver, Cal, uh, said at one point in time that, uh, you know, we've, I think we can win this thing. So we got in our head that we could win this race, and of course, as soon as you say that, well, then, you know, open up the checkbook and, uh, you know, and, and start going at it totally differently. So uh, we, we really got down to business and built a pretty serious car. And, uh, 
and it just took a lot longer than we anticipated. So we we actually started the car and drove it the very first time onto the trailer on Thursday, driving out to Johnson Valley to race on Sunday. <laughs> so last year we had no testing time uh, and no no time to work the bugs out of it. We did a little bit of shock tuning. Thankfully, uh, Joel from Bill Stein Shocks, who helped us with our shocks, really knows Cherokees. So it was it wasn't bad when we got there. He made a few adjustments, and it actually got pretty good real quick as far as shock tuning. Uh, because uh, there's so many Cherokees that run in Jeep speed, there's a lot of good parts out there. So, so we're running Deaver front coils and Deaver rear springs, which already work really well in Cherokees. So, and we weren't far off. The car really worked pretty darn good right from the get-go, but... We had mechanical problems. We worked on it constantly. We broke drive shafts. We we did all kinds of stuff driving around before the race started. <laughs> and then no. we lost an alternator on the starting line and had to swap the alternator before we could even start. And um, anyway, we had mechanical problems, and we made it about two-thirds of the course, but then but then we were done. So, But this year, the car was ready. We were relaxed. Uh, we had a few minor issues uh, before the race while we were out there, uh, but uh, got those resolved, and the car held together and worked really well for the race. So really, that's the difference. Well, that really is uh, what King of the Hammers is about. Is It's endurance. It really tests the uh, not only the uh, the people uh, driving the vehicle, but the, the vehicle itself. I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed that a, a unibody vehicle uh, uh, makes it through all that. Well, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised with that, Tony. Um, the, uh, you got 127 Ultra 4 cars that started on the Unlimited race, and every one of them is a unibody. Interesting. Um, so this year you came in second. Why not first? Well, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we got outraced. Uh, uh, one of the things uh, is we we didn't finish last year, and uh, uh, we were determined to finish this year. So, um, I mean, I guess I kind of hate to say it, but we, we made it a priority as a team to finish as a first priority and to win as a second priority. So uh, we went out quick, but we didn't go out pushing the car so hard to try to win that that we're going to break it and not finish. So that we did not want DNFs two years in a row. So uh, we went out quick. Uh, we were after the first desert loop, which was 52 miles, uh, and we came into main pit. Uh, we were in third place. So we thought, okay, we're in good position going into the rocks. You know, we do pretty good in the rocks, and. Uh, uh, by the time we finished the first of, there was about 10 trails on this course. By the time we finished the first trail, we were in second place. And so we thought, we're okay, all right. So we we just went on through the rocks, but uh, the guy that was in first really pushed his car hard, and uh, we just never caught him. Well, actually, it sounds like a wonderful strategy because uh, you're certainly not going to win if you uh, if you don't uh, complete the uh, the entire race. So uh, it sounds like it worked out very well for you. It's uh, a very measured uh, approach. It, uh, 
shows some maturity, and I think that's what you have to do uh, if you want if you're in it for the long term. And this certainly uh, sounds like something that uh, is very abusive. How is it on? How is it for as far as the driver goes? How hard is it on you uh, driving the vehicle? Well, it. Uh... <coughs> Tony, excuse me here. That's I got to right. cough a little bit. No, that's uh, that's. <coughs> We'll just take a little also, pause on the letter. You are so faint, I can hear about half of what you're saying. Oh, okay. I'll turn that up a little bit. Maybe we'll get out and get away with it without uh, getting any feedback. Yeah, you started out a lot better, but it's faded where I can barely hear you now. Okay. So, uh, how is the uh, how hard is that on the driver as far as? Uh, uh, how hard is uh, uh, driving that uh, driving the vehicle in King of the Hammers? Oh, I mean, it's really not hard on the driver at all. Um, I mean, there's no real physical punishment. Uh, you know, we're strapped in really well. The suspension works really well. Uh, you know, we've got good, high-quality seats. We've got uh, PRP seats that, uh, that were provided by uh, Infectious Off-Road, which is one of our local clubs here. Um, and we've got hooker harnesses, which were provided very gratefully by Hooker Harness. Uh, they're a very high-end seatbelt that ratchets to tighten you into the seat, and you are so secure with those hooker harnesses that um, you know you're not going anywhere. So uh, it's not uncomfortable. We we wear head and neck restraints. Um, people call it a Hans device. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of different brands, but we wear those. So we're pretty secure in the car. You're not, you know, you're really not beat up too bad. Um, you know, we, uh, and again, we weren't, we weren't running a pace that really punished the car. So, you know, the goal is to drive smooth and, um, you know, it's, it's not really hard on the driver. It's a whole lot harder on the co-driver. <laughs> Why is that? Well, you know, first off, you know, the driver's holding on to the steering wheel. The driver knows what he's doing. So the co-driver's got to get it in his head just to let things go and go with the flow and, um, uh, you know, and keep looking ahead to kind of talk to the driver. And then also, you know, we ran 10-plus trails, and we, we winched, I don't know, I counted back at eight or nine times that Cal had to get out and we had to winch. And, um, you know, and it's not easy getting it out of the race car. You're all strapped in, you know, you've got, you know, a, a communications wire there for our headsets and, uh, you got to unplug and undo your belts, get out, pull winch line, walk up and down. A lot of the areas that we had to winch had a lot of sand. So you're walking through the sand up and down the hill and, and, uh, so it's a, it's a good workout and, uh, Cal worked his ass off that day. So do you have a horn on the vehicle so you can honk at him, tell him to hurry up? Uh, no, I never told him to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's every bit as motivated as I am to get that stuff done and to keep moving. So, uh, no, we work together pretty well. And, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, no, we, we kept the car moving. The goal was just to keep moving, and that's what we did. Yeah, no, I just I know how guys are, especially in uh, situations like that. It's always fun to uh, to uh, I don't know do inappropriate things and honking and telling him to hurry up whenever you're uh, a motivated team would be one of those inappropriate things to do. Well, so. yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, but uh, uh, 
Actually, once he's out of the car, we're using hand signals. I can't, we can't even hear each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I had asked uh, earlier uh, about the, uh, uh, you know, why you didn't come in first. And uh, the reason why I asked that was Josh had uh, prepped me with some information that you guys had some, some fuel issues this year. Um, and I thought, uh, actually, I thought you were going to tell me that uh, uh, about the fuel issues is what kept you from uh, uh, finishing number one. Well, you would have to ask that question. Uh, you know, that's a little embarrassing, but uh, we had some miscommunications, and we didn't fuel one of the times that we had planned to fuel. Um, and um, the driver and co-driver can get a little bit excited in the race, <laughs> and it's kind of important for the pit bosses probably not to listen to the driver and the co-driver. Oh, no. But... Uh, uh, we we didn't fuel the last time when we should have, and uh, it looks like we were just running out of gas. Um, we were uh, the the engine started a, a minor sputter about twenty miles before the finish line, and I was wondering what the heck's going on, but um, the. Uh, uh, but we kept going, but it kind of gradually got a little bit worse, and then I really started worrying that we might have a fuel problem. So I slowed down, upshifted, tried to be conservative to conserve fuel, and uh, we got to one particularly narrow, steep, sandy, rocky chute, uh, and we're working our way up it, and the engine died and wouldn't restart. And we were so disappointed. We thought we had totally blown it. We're just a bunch of dumbasses and um, cost ourselves finishing the race. So we winched, dead winch, without the, you know, without the engine running, hoping we could get it up and maybe get it at a different angle and maybe get some fuel back on the pickups. And, um, and it, it was slow going. It was soft sand and tough. You know, in the uh, uh, it was a log jam area, so there was other course workers there, a recovery crew. So they gave us some winch points and different things and helped, and and we did finally start. We finally got up far enough, and we finally got in a position, and it started, and we jumped in. We'd lost a lot of time, probably through all of that an hour, but it fired up and ran. It was sputtering, and we had I don't know, I think four miles to go of pretty rough terrain. But it made it. Uh, it, it the last, we had two long hills to climb, and it sputtered to the top of both hills and <laughs> made it down to the finish line. Oh, you had to. I was pretty damn happy and pretty damn amazed. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess you guys just had to have been just elated that it started once you got it. Uh, I guess it was more level or at least uh, at the right angle uh, for the, the fuel to get in there. Well, I, I guess it's. We really were still pointed uphill, so we didn't really get the difference of why it died and wouldn't start once, but it did again. So I really don't really have an answer for that. We do use special pickups. We use Walbro pickups, which is a special. We have four pickups in the tank relatively close to each of the four corners, which is supposed to allow it when the fuel is low, no matter what angle the car is on, that it'll still pick up the fuel. And, of course, you know, if one pickup is out of is out of fuel in the air, of course it'll suck air. So these are special pickups that that don't allow that to happen. 
So uh, anyway, it worked. In the end, it worked, and uh, the Walbrook pickups did what they were supposed to do, and we made it in. Well, that's a shame. That's a shame that you had that uh, had that issue, but at least you at least you made it. That had been a a really neat feeling, though, especially if you if you have a feeling that there there is a fuel problem and you're four miles and uh, you know I I can kind of feel that. I've I ran out of gas the other day going to the uh, the gas station and uh, I, I coasted in. Well, I, actually, I didn't coast in. I, it was kind of missing. I pulled into the gas station. Uh, I usually leave it running. I, I know boys and girls, you're not supposed to do that, but uh, I do. And uh, I had it uh, had it running, got out, and it died on me. It literally died at the gas station. I always seem to plan those things out where it works out that way. It doesn't happen that often when it, when it does. I'm usually within either pushing distance or at the gas station. So. Yeah. Well, that is yeah, well, I tell you, it was a crazy feeling, and I, we were pretty darn mad at ourselves and pretty frustrated, but there's not much we could have done then. So No, that's a race, man. For that thing and, to and run that's like things it did happen. and make it that far uh, was really, really amazing. Yeah, I mean, that that's what happens in a race, and it's it's always I mean, a learning experience. So, What was that? Uh, that's what happens in races, and, and it's always a learning experience, no matter how many times you go out there. Well, it sure is. I mean, we sure as heck know. We told the pit captains to ignore the driver and co-driver before the race, but uh, driver and co-driver kind of went wacky, and the pit captains kind of got influenced by us, and, um, uh, you know, and we didn't do something that we should have done, and we almost paid for it dearly, but uh, but we got, got lucky this time. So uh, let me ask you this. Um, do you know about how many XJs were competing in the, in the race? Well, I guess specifically in the same one that you were in in the uh, stock class. Uh, well, there's three three XJs that I know of for sure. There might have been more. There were a couple of Grand Cherokees. Oh, uh, they don't count. A um, couple of Toyotas. Uh, of course, a lot of a lot of TJs, LJs. Uh, a Bronco, I think. So there was a few, but I know at least three Cherokees. A full full size Bronco? Uh yeah. Wow, that's pretty. No, impressive. no, not full size. I think it was early Bronco. No, oh, early okay. Bronco. Okay, that makes more sense. I was thinking, man, I couldn't see a full size Bronco out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That might not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think the XJ's strong points were uh, in the race? Well. um... I don't know that the XJ is, you know, it's particularly the XJ strong point. Um, of course, we've been wheeling Cherokees for a long time. Uh, we know how they work in the rocks. We know how they feel. Um, so our familiarity with them, I thought, was, you know, we all thought was good. But, you know, it's kind of the history. We're, we're depending on sort of is the history of racing XJs. Um, we race. You know, we have, uh, uh, well, our team name, I mean, we are, we're a partnership with, with Team Naxia and Petty Cash Racing, and uh, Petty Cash Racing is uh, Matt Adair, who is one of our club members, and he is on our team, uh, races a Cherokee, uh, road race Cherokee. And I've raced a number of races with Matt, and um, so we kind of race Cherokees on asphalt, and we race Cherokees in the dirt, and there's a lot of history with the Cherokees racing in Jeep speed. So there's, there's some pretty good know-how of how to make a Cherokee work. 
And I think that's as much, you know, of what made it work for us as, as the actual Cherokee itself is, uh, is all the history that we have with the Cherokee and knowing what to do. Oh, absolutely. you got to know your vehicle. Now, uh, were there any particular weak points uh, to the, the, you know, something that you'd want to change with the XJ uh, for this particular race that, that you can't since it's a, a, a stock class? Uh, Tony, I couldn't hear that question. Sorry. Is that any better? Uh, a little bit. I was just wondering uh, what the, the what the weak points were, and uh, I know you had mentioned uh, you know running the shocks up through the floors, but was there anything uh, that you could have changed or that you would have liked to have changed on the Cherokee for this race? That's a good question. Um, well, we'd like to have a lot faster winch, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, we. Um, no, really. I, you know what? Uh, we'd like to do a little bit more shock tuning. We think there's more in the car. Uh, but the tires work, you know, we're running Goodyear tires. We never had a flat. They worked really good in the rocks. Uh, the suspension's working fine. Um, you know, no, I, honestly, it's crazy. I don't know that we had any real serious deficiencies that we'd like to improve. I mean, we've always got little things we'd like to tweak. But uh, nothing major. I love hearing that. Um, So, yeah, I was going to ask you about the tires. So no tire damage at at all? No no cutting of tires? Didn't have to replace any on the way? No. we uh, uh, Thankfully, we were uh, sponsored by Goodyear. And, um, uh, in fact, I don't know about this year, but last year we were the only team in the the, the Everyman Challenge that was sponsored by Goodyear. So they provided our tires, thankfully. And uh, we didn't. We didn't lose any of them last year. Of course, uh, we broke and didn't finish, but uh, and we didn't lose any tires this year. So no, the Goodyear's worked really, really well. We run the uh, the Goodyear Kevlar MTR, and no cuts, no damage, and uh, they hook up really good in the rocks. Excellent. Uh, so I, I guess I know the answer to this already, but uh, would you say that last year was uh, the 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 biggest failure or and success between last year and this year was that uh, last year, you guys just didn't have the car, uh, the vehicle ready, and you really didn't have time to to get the all the bugs out. And this year, since you were ready and you were able to to race and focus on the race, would you say that was why you were more successful this year? No, that's it. Uh, we weren't ready last year, and we have had inevitable new car blues and mechanical problems. And this year, uh, we were ready. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, I kind of chuckled earlier because uh, when you said that you guys didn't, uh, uh, you had so many different things that you were doing to the to the Jeep, to the XJ, and you just it just kind of got away from you. At least that's what I got got from the conversation was it got away from you and, and time uh, ran out. I laugh because it's it, that's a, that's kind of the theme, and I'm sure it, it, you've experienced it too. Uh, anytime you start working on your, your Jeep, it's just here, oh, I want to do this, and I can do this, and oh, this won't take very long to do. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it takes forever. Well, it just goes and goes and goes, and yes, everything takes a lot longer, <laughs> and you run into problems that you didn't anticipate, and um, uh, really, we had so many people around working on the car last year to really build it. We had work weekends where, you know, NACSHTA members were coming from all over Southern California, 
and uh, even from out of California. And it was a huge team effort. Uh, it is amazing to me how many people have put effort into this uh, Jeep, building it, helping us race it, showing up out there in the desert to work on it, work in the pits. Uh, it's just it's a great effort, and it's a lot of fun, and it's a great thing to be involved in. And I'm sure it's very humbling to be driving a vehicle that you know that so many people have uh, donated their time and efforts, and of course uh, uh, your sponsors that uh, you know give you the the gear to help you uh, get from uh, point A to point B. So well, it <laughs> it, uh, it makes me drive really careful. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I would think that you'd want to uh, you'd want to finish uh, first or uh, second, just so that all those people would get a little payback for all the time they put into it. So no. I would have thought you would have drawn a little a little more aggressive. <coughs> Excuse me, just a second. Um, I'm still fighting off a chest cold I got out in the desert, but uh, last week. But uh, no, you know what? That's why we, you know, it's a catch twenty two. We really wanted to win, but yet we really wanted to finish. So. All the people that put the work, work and effort into it and the time, if we didn't finish two years in a row, it would just be so disappointing. So the first, that's why the first goal was to finish, so we didn't let people down. And, of course, if we can put a win together, well, that just makes it well worth it. But we, we got our finish in, and we got our podium finish in. So from here on out, we're out to win. Yeah, well, that's, that's a great feather, and uh, not only uh... – uh, your cap, but everybody that was part of it, and uh, actually, I know that you've mentioned uh, here while we're while we've been talking, uh, several of the the people and sponsors uh, that uh, put this help put this thing together. Was there uh, anybody else that you can think of that you wanted to uh, to mention? Oh man, I, this is tough because I got to remember everybody. But uh, uh, Russ from Bishop and Buell Racing Engines uh, has built our motor for us and did a, a fabulous job. We've got a great motor. Uh, Russ builds race car motors for a living, and he's gotten into specializing in four liters. Um, uh, we, of course, I mentioned full traction and Goodyear, but uh, Brown Dog Motor Mounts is a great supporter of Cherokees and has provided all of our motor mounts, both for the uh, for the. Uh, uh, KOH car, uh, 4643, and for our, our uh, road race Cherokee, the Petty Cash uh, Blue Cherokee. Um, we have uh, Banks. His Banks uh, performance provided our, the header for the Cherokee and has offered us uh, 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 some dyno time. Um, uh, Raceline Wheels uh, gave us a super screaming racer deal on uh, on a whole bunch of beadlock rims that we have. Um, Black Magic Brakes did did total custom brakes for us in the front. I mean, we have really good brakes. Uh, I mean, we can get right on stuff and hit the brakes and have a lot of confidence that it's going to work. Those Black Magic Brakes work fabulous. Uh, all of our all of our winching gear came from Viking. Uh, we used a, 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 a rigging strap uh, in the race over and over and over again that works so much better than using an actual toe strap. But And our winch line is from uh, Viking. Warren uh, provided our winch. Uh, we've got one of those competition, uh, our, you know, 9,000 RCs or whatever it's called. And um, Warren provided that for us. Um, we've... Uh, 
man, I know I'm not. I know I know I'm forgetting some. Oh but, yeah, um, I mean you can't remember everything. I mean you, you probably would. Uh, it probably would take thirty minutes to go through the list of everybody that helped out, and uh, I know that everybody knows uh, how, how grateful you are for everything uh, that they've, they've done on the uh, uh, the the Jeep and getting you uh, to uh, the second place finish. So, um, thought I would give you an, a little bit of a, a bit yeah. of a time there to think. Yeah, well, it's just you know we have so many people that. It really is a team a team deal. I mean, it's a huge club effort, and uh, lots and lots of people. It's it's hard to explain, but you know, it really isn't Cal and I deciding that we wanted to go racing. Um, it really is a group effort, and a whole lot of people involved, and and uh, and working with us, and following us, and all that. So we're we're pretty privileged to be in the position that we're in. And, of course, you're not done. You've got some more races this year with that uh, with that rig, don't you? Yeah, we're going to race uh, uh, We're going to race Sacramento and Prairie City in the 1st of April. We're going to race uh, Glen Helen Raceway in San Bernardino the end of May. We're going to race um, uh, Miller Motorsports uh, Park in uh, around Salt Lake City area in the middle of July. And then if we're doing well in the series, uh, we're probably going to be tempted to go in September to uh, Texas for the national championship event. So, um, And then we're going to race again the year after that. I mean, this, we built a race car, and we're going to race it. <laughs> I like the way you think. So uh, I don't know if you – I know you're on uh, Naxja. Uh, are you uh, on any of the uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter? How can people get a hold of you, basically? Uh, yeah, um, they can uh, look us up, Team Naxja. And also uh, Team Petty Cash on Facebook, and there's updates and info and pictures and things there. Uh, you can also look us up on uh, our Naxa.org forums. There's threads on there about the build and all about the car and you know uh, all the pictures while the car was being built and gone together and all the parts and the, how everything was done. It's all on there. And, uh, and of course, we'll keep you know we'll keep updates as uh, as more races happen here over the next few years. Well, that, well, that's great. I mean, uh, I mean, and, and as I've said it several times, congratulations on the uh, the second place finish. Uh, it's a, a wonderful deal. Certainly, uh, like I said, a feather in your cap, and uh, and everybody's that uh, helped uh, get the uh, get that vehicle from the starting line to the finish line. So. And I want to thank you very much for being our guest here tonight uh, on uh, the XJ Talk Show. Well, thanks for having me. No, it's uh, it's great to have something to talk about. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have a lot to talk about from now on. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're going to have anything not. Uh, it would be hard not to talk about it. Well, good, Tony. Well, thanks again, Cal. All righty, Richard. Oh, that's right. I'll have to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is Cal's? Uh, what it? Who is? Uh, what is his name on X, uh, NAXJA? Well, it's Cal Tuttle, T U T T L E, and his name on NAXJA is Cal. See, uh, Cal sounded familiar when you said that. It's. I think I've interacted with him on on there before. Probably have. Yeah. My favorite site is XJTalk, XJTalk, XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road.